The songs, the songs of the Bible are primarily found in the Psalter. This 150 chapter book right in the middle of our Bibles was the hymnal in the days of our Lord Jesus. And although we often read them privately or aloud when we're together, they are meant to be sung and chanted often in, in response as they would even today in a Jewish temple. Many of them were written by David, and many of them do not have a definitive author. And they, they can be categorized in, in different ways. There are psalms of remembrance of the things that God has done in the uh, history of Israel. Psalms of wisdom, thanksgiving psalms, praise psalms. A great portion, probably the greatest portion of psalms are psalms of lament. And so you have all these different categories where they're similar in these sorts of ways. Our psalm appointed for today, Psalm 99, is called a kingship psalm or a royal psalm. And this direction of the psalm is expressed in the very first words, the Lord is king. Psalm 99 is about the mighty kingship of our God, his reign over the earth, over the nations of the world. He rules from his throne and that throne is described in our first verse where the psalmist wrote, he is enthroned upon the cherubim, which was the title given to the Ark of the Covenant in 2 Samuel chapter 6. You see, on the top of the Ark of the Covenant were two cherubim, a type of, of angel. And in between them, in the middle of the Ark, is a, uh, the part known as the mercy seat which is also where it was called the throne of God. Inside the ark was the Ten Commandments and a few other items. The Ark of the Covenant rested in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle and eventually into uh, the Holy of Holies in the temple that Solomon built. And what the psalmist is saying, that God sits upon his throne because God is king, and he wants our attention. Listen to the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases the first three verses of Psalm 99 in the message. He says, God rules. On your toes, everybody. He rules from his angel throne. Take notice. God looms majestic in Zion. He towers in splendor over all the big names. Great and terrible your beauty. Let everyone praise you. Holy. Yes, holy. God is a holy king. He is set apart from his creation. He is perfect. He is holy. Now the psalmist declares or defines God's holy, holiness with two primary attributes. The first is found in the fourth verse where the psalmist writes, O mighty king, lover of justice, you have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob, another name for Israel. So as God reigns as the holy king, one of the ways he operates is through his love of justice and equity. God cares very much about the plight in our world, the injustices of one nation over another, through war and violence, but also through economic dependence and nations putting other nations in slavery to them. God cares about the wrongs in our own lives. 
the pain and mistreatment that we have received by the hands and actions of another person. God cares about equity, fair play. The psalmist sees the justice of God as an attribute to the holiness of God. And the second attribute that is defined in Psalm 99 that defines the reign of the holy God is forgiveness. In verse 8, the psalmist declares, O Lord our God, you answered them indeed. You were a God who forgave them, yet punished them for their evil deeds. You see, here we see the loving forgiveness of God. He reigns by responding to our prayers. He is a God who forgives, a God who, who expresses his kindness through forgiveness. And yet his righteousness is upheld as the evil deeds are still punished. And this is where we see the love of God and the justice of God held together. Love and justice are partners. They hold hands. You cannot have one without the other. For if, if you have love without justice, you have mere anarchy. If you have justice without love, it is to have legalism. Love and justice go together. They complement each other. They are valued together. Love and justice are both attributes of the Holy One, the Holy King. And the psalmist declares these attributes define the goodness and holiness of God. Three times the psalmist declares, He is the Holy One. He is the Holy One. And then the very last line of Psalm 99, the psalmist declares, The Lord our God is the Holy One. This thrice repeated statement drives home the proclamation that God is holy. He is without sin. He executes his justice and he lovingly forgives. And it is a reminder to us that we are in no way able to ascend to the holiness of God. We are unworthy of the majesty and glory and justice of our holy king. He is high above all peoples. He is to be reverenced and worshipped. And yet... We gather together on this Sunday to worship God. We come as we are to worship God. As the writer of Hebrews says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence or with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We don't come before God because we have accomplished so many good deeds that we can now casually approach him. As if God, you know, I've, I've, I've been really good this week. Maybe he'll, he'll listen to me now. As if maybe we can get his attention now because we have given to those in need. And now that I've got God's attention. We don't come before God because we deserve his listening ear. There is only one way to approach God. That is with humility. You see, the, the holy God is king and he executes his justice and he forgives us. But the justice is kept established because someone paid the price for our sins. It's humbling. It is the sacrifice of Jesus that makes the way for us to receive the forgiveness of God. St. Peter wrote in his epistle, 
He said, you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. It's not from things like that, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Jesus Christ was holy and yet suffered the sins of all mankind. And it's his precious blood that makes a way for us to approach the throne room of God. St. Paul wrote in his letter to the Romans, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We call that free gift grace, charis. The grace of God is the goodness and forgiveness of God that we receive, not something we can earn or deserve. Turning over to Ephesians, where St. Paul wrote the letter to the church in Ephesus, he says, For God chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Think about that. God chose you before the foundations of all creation to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. St. Paul goes on, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. He's freely given us this gift because of Jesus. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavishes upon us. Psalm 99 teaches us about the holiness of God, our King. His holiness is carried out in his justice and equity and forgiveness. And we are adopted into his family by grace through faith in Jesus, because Jesus Christ satisfied the justice of God. So as we go through this week, we enter the season of Lent. This Wednesday being Ash Wednesday, a day of, of fasting and repentance, a day of meditating on the holiness of God. May we consider throughout this penitential season of Lent, as we are more intentional about our devotion to God, more intentional about our disciplines in the faith. We discover more about the weaknesses we have in the flesh. God's holiness is found in keeping justice, and yet he forgives us through his son, Jesus Christ. Well, we are being made holy because of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. He is a holy God. He is a just God. He is a forgiving God. Thanks be to God. May we praise his name forever. Amen.